And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Athena's Armory, available for birthday parties, eldritch ritual spells, and hideouts for your paranormal friends. Previously on What Is Not, you see a small dilapidated house out in the middle of the desert, and you see all of these life-size statues. I think it has something to do with the statues. Well, I was going to go start trying to turn them back into people today. There are two creatures that are associated with petrifying other creatures, the Medusa, or Gorgons. And then the basilisk. There is a fortune teller in downtown Baghdad. You're going to your mechanic job? Yeah. Beth has work. I don't know if that was just an attack or if the vision I saw was an actual prophecy of things to come. In the sand of the Mojave Desert in California, off historic Route 66, sits a small desert town called Baghdad. We have some ancient prophecy that something bad's going to go down in Baghdad. It's a town of shadows and secrets. Things aren't as they seem, but we're still not quite sure what's going on. Where bumps in the night aren't the house settling. Trying to find answers. And the monster under your bed lies in wait for your foot to leave the safety of your covers. My mom used to tell me all these weird stories about monsters, but I didn't really believe anything she said because, you know, that's crazy talk. It's a world where cultists spend their days pushing papers at the DMV and their nights summoning ancient creatures from the dread beyond. Maybe something happened down at Cryptocore. The expert. Susan Donaldson. The town vet. The freelancer. People call me Beth. Hunting is sort of just like a business that I'm in. The deathless. Bruce the zombie and his father cast a spell to bring him back. The initiate. Donovan Helen, part of an ancient order of monster hunters. The monstrous. Zeke Solardier. He works for Cryptocore, which is his family's corporation. It's a town where it's very hard to tell what is real and what is not. Welcome to Baghdad. We're going to go to Stanley's Auto. And what is Beth working on at Stanley's? Excellent question. Um, (laughs) She is working on some cars that have been sitting around for a while. She's got an old Ford truck. Like, she's under the hood of the Ford truck right now. She hears the rattling of kind of an older, beat-up, just generic coupe. It kind of just rolls over into the parking lot. It looks like it's been worked over a little bit. And a squat, heavier set woman kind of waddles out of it and walks up to Beth. Can the auto shop have one of those really great like cord things? Like when they roll over, it just goes that ching ching thing. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Absolutely. It totally does. It totally does. Yes. Okay. Thank God. I was really hoping it did. (laughs) Okay. I'm still under the hood and I just like look over because I hear the car approaching. And she kind of waddles over to you. Can I help you, ma'am? Yes. Um, is your name Beth? Uh, depends on who's asking. <laughs> well, my name is Mildred Stratton, 
and I had a very important question for you. Okay. I wanted to know if you knew Vic, the individual who used to work at the library. Uh, yeah, I know Vic. Why? Well, I was trying to get into a back room there, and I just can't find the key, and I was wondering if you might have it. Um, no, I don't have the key. Why are you trying to get into the back room? Who are you? (laughs) Why, I'm the new substitute librarian. I'm the person they brought in to take over since Vic has seemed to have just vanished into thin air, and so I was just wondering if you could give me the key, and then I could be on my way. Um, I don't have the key. Well, do you know where the key is? No. (laughs) (laughs) Beth, roll act under pressure. This person seems very sus. Very sus. Very sus. sus. Okay, we're rolling for acting under pressure. Oh, God. Six. Oh, nobody's with her, so we can't help her out. What is act under pressure? What is it? Add what? Uh, Plus cool. 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 I have one, so seven. Thank God. So the keeper is going to give you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. So she looks at you, and you seem to get a little bit lightheaded. And she kind of leans in and she says, tell me, dear, and her voice sounds very echoey, where's the key? And she's trying to compel you to tell her where the key is. So you can either tell her where the key is and break out of this hold. You can not tell her and take one harm. Or I am open to other options, but there will be some sort of downside to what the action is. Leaving me with a lot of choices here, because I don't want to give her the key, because she seems super suspicious. (laughs) Like, in lots of ways. I'm going to not tell her where the key is and take a harm, I guess. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so you take a harm, but it does kind of shake you out of the connection that she's trying to compel you from. She says, I don't understand why you don't just give me the key, Beth. It's not that hard of a thing to do. Well, I don't know who you are. And what makes you think that I have the key? We both know you have the key, dear. We know that Vic gave it to you when they left the comic book shop. So where's the key? How does she know that he gave it to me when we left the comic book shop? Are you asking her? Are you asking me? Are you asking the the universe? <laughs> I'm asking the void. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting very suspicious, and I don't like it. Could she kick some ass here? Yeah. Can I pull a gun on this woman? Like, <laughs> something? Like, that feels very Beth. Yeah, it does. You have a gun? Yeah, she always has a gun. (laughs) Beth always has a gun. (laughs) I always have a gun. What are you talking about? (laughs) All right, so you're going to pull a gun on her? I feel like that's the only thing I can do at this point, unless there's like a bat signal I can send out to get someone to come help me. All right, are you saying anything to her as you pull the gun out? Lady, I don't know who you think you are, but you better leave. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, darling. Not a problem. We don't have to do anything drastic here, but I do need that key. And so I will be back for it. And she starts waddling back to her car. Uh, This seems like an excellent time to call someone, probably Susan, to tell her what just happened. Oh my God, are you okay? Uh, Yeah, 
I'm okay. I'm okay. Feel a little lightheaded and a little nauseous, but I'm okay. But I feel like we need to reconvene somewhere because that was super weird. That's the woman who, when we called the library last night, was there. So yeah, she's definitely not right. So we should hide the key. Yeah. Who has the key at this point? I think Beth does. Do I still have the key? We didn't leave it at the library. Okay, I still have the key. So can you think of a safe space somewhere not where you are and not on you? Maybe we should give it to Donovan. Maybe he can hide it into a a void that we can access later. I was thinking maybe we should take it up where they are at the armory. Okay, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Might be time for a roll call, like a meetup. Okay, well, I'm going to be there in, in a little bit anyway. So I'll see you there soon. Okay. Was there anybody at the garage with me? Or was it just me? You were there and probably Stanley was there in the office doing his thing, but it's a slow morning. Okay. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like after she left, that's like right around the right time where Stanley would be like, do we got a customer? And he just comes like walking out. Like, I thought I heard somebody else was here. And I'm like, perfect timing. I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Beth, before you hang up, make sure nobody's following you. Yes. Yep. I will. I'll see you guys there. Okay. Okay, so as you're talking to Susan, the car pulls away and, and it's gone. And so now we're going to take the camera and move it to under the bridge where Susan and Bruce and Bat Kid are working with the homeless and their pets. Yeah, when I got there, Drew had set everything up. Thank goodness she's so efficient. So there's like pets getting bathed and food being distributed and collars and and I'm the one that brings the medicines. And I've been doing this for a while. And partly I started doing it because my dad used to do it. And I found out later that he kind of did it because the homeless in Baghdad know a lot of information. And so over the years, it's just been, it's been a, a font of information being there. So, so when I get there, I check in with everyone and start walking around. Because you've been doing this for so long, people have kind of started knowing that this is what's going to happen. And it's become kind of a safe place for the homeless to gather for a day and kind of check in with each other, see how everybody is doing. You do notice that it seems a little less crowded than it usually is. Like usually there's maybe a quarter more people than there are right now. Yeah, I'm remembering that Beth had said that some people have gone missing. So who do I run into first? You recognize some of them. Are you looking for anybody in particular? I was thinking about Ambrose to see if I could see if he was there. You don't see Ambrose, but you do see Andre and Anthony. Okay. So I walk up to them and, and ask how they're doing. Anthony says, oh, we're, we're doing as good as can be expected. It looks a little less crowded than normal. Do you guys know what's going on? They kind of look at each other a little bit concerned. And then Andre kind of says, well, a lot of people... Uh, um, just haven't been around lately, and uh, it's it's the life of the homeless, I guess. We, you know, people come and go uh, as they as they need to. Is there anybody new recently? Mm, n- no. If anything, some of our regulars have uh, have uh, have been gone for a little bit. Gone as in vanished, or they told you they were leaving. Anthony kind of shrugs and he's like, "Well, you know, not everybody checks in with other people. Uh, people just kind of come and go. It just seems to be a lot more going than coming these days." Okay, um, I just wanted to check in. Uh, would you mind passing the word around that there's a, don't want to scare anyone, but everyone needs to be a little bit cautious because there was a, a large wolf-like dog that's in the neighborhood. So just make sure everyone's being safe and 
has protection. They kind of nod and they're like, okay. And are you leaving them to go look around more? Yeah, I'm looking to see what Bruce is doing. Bruce has set up a car wash slash hair salon station. (laughs) (laughs) He is washing all the homeless people and animals hairs and he's really massaging the scalp, really working in there to make sure he gets it really good and clean. Oh my god. Is Bruce wearing his trademark hand car wash bikini? <laughs> Why, yes, he is. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. He's also wearing galoshes and gloves for, you know, washing dishes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He's got the pink glasses on. <laughs> Soap everywhere all over him and just yeah, just mm-hmm. bubbles everywhere. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Andre, before you go, I'm looking for a young woman. Her name is Daisy. If you come across her and she feels safe contacting me, maybe you could give her my number. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, we, we, we certainly can do that. Uh, can, can we ask you to do the same thing? Uh, if you hear from Ambrose, can you, uh, can you tell him that we're, uh, we're looking for him? We're a little, little concerned. When was the last time you saw Ambrose? It's been a, a good couple of days. He, he doesn't usually disappear like that but you know we don't want to or try not to worry too much it's just he hasn't he hasn't checked in and we haven't seen him absolutely i'll be on the lookout for him so i'm pretty worried now and i kind of walk back and i check in with with my niece and evan and and drew and finding out if any of the pets need you know medicine and yeah they have a couple lined up for you and get a system down at this point where it goes pretty quickly giving mostly vaccinations when needed you know there's a couple of pets you treat for like mites and and just kind of mange type problems there is a tiny adorable little mutt puppy that is just like so excited about everything and the owner kind of brings it over and wants it to be vaccinated because he doesn't want it to get sick Oh, hi, who's this little guy? I call him Trigger. Oh, so cute. What's your name? Do I know this person, by the way? Yeah, he's been around. His name's Maxwell. He's been a regular for a pretty long time now. He's kind of known for being one of the friendlier ones. You know, people kind of steer clear of him a little bit because sometimes he can be too friendly, but it's never in a malicious way. It's just kind of like, all right, dude, I want to talk to you anymore, but thank you. Well, it's good to see you, Maxwell, and I'm glad you found Trigger here. Looks like he's pretty happy. Is it a he? It is a he. Maxwell's just so excited that he found this puppy, and it's like his whole world right now. <laughs> All right, I, I, I check I check out Maxwell, make sure he's okay. Everything okay with you, Maxwell? Yeah. Oh, did I already ask that? Yeah, well, it's okay. He's, he's just like, you know, the, the conversation is a lot like that with Maxwell. It's just like he's, <laughs> there's awkward silences as he's just kind of, very enthusiastically being present. Okay. I recommend the bath area for Trigger. I think uh, Bruce will get a kick out of Trigger. Maxwell takes Trigger over to Bruce. Also, between the baths, Bruce is playing with the dogs by pretending that he is a zombie chasing them around. (laughs) (laughs) Pretending. A zombie pretending to be a zombie? (laughs) So meta. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let Ollie guest star because he absolutely loves being chased around. So, you know, there's this tiny little brown dog that is just like totally enraptured with being chased by Bruce. Perfect. Aw, Ollie. (laughs) Can I investigate a mystery? I'm just kind of trying to get an overall feel if there's anything else going on that I should be looking at. Sure, go for it. 
got a six, seven, eight. I've used sharp, so eight, nine, ten, eleven. Um, I, I got experience last time, so I added a sharp. So um, I'm at eleven. Okay, so you got two questions. What is being concealed here? So I guess like, what am I? What am I observing that? There's not the jovial kind of social vibe that this event tends to have normally. People are kind of in corners, kind of whispering to each other. When somebody walks past them that they don't necessarily know that well, they get very quiet and just kind of everybody seems to be very suspicious of each other. It's definitely a different vibe than you're used to on these days. Okay. So I just, I'm going to hold my other question. Okay. And I'm just going to, I didn't know if I should ask Maxwell more. I might have dropped the ball there, but, um, but I don't know if Bruce wants to talk to him or not. Bruce is in conversation with Trigger right now. (laughs) (laughs) And while you're in conversation with Trigger, Max is just talking your ear off about all the things that Trigger has done in the last 24 hours and how adorable he is and how he was playing with a bug on the floor. And Maxwell's a talker, so he's just going on and on and on and on. He's very much enjoying the interaction with Bruce because Bruce is not saying anything back to him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can bruce give maxwell a head bath also yes okay so full-on head massage for him as well let let him talk as he gets his head massage <laughs> oh yeah it's just a running stream of consciousness <laughs> and what's bad kid doing i look around for bad kid just making sure he's okay he's a little bit overwhelmed not in a bad way but he's kind of just like he doesn't know what to do with himself because as was kind of described in the last session, he's been raised mostly in captivity. So he's dealing with a lot right now. He's never had dogs before. So he had a little bit of experience with emoji, but that was new. He's never been outside for this long. So that's new. He has not been around this many people before. So that's new. So he was excited to see what this event was and and what all this was going on, but he's kind of pulled himself back a little bit into the outskirts of the event, just kind of watching it all, trying to take it in and understand what he's looking at. Okay. I go over to him. How are you doing? Everything okay? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a a lot of people and a lot of sun and sand and stuff. It's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay for you to be over here. Would you mind if I send my niece to come talk to you and maybe you can finish putting together the pet food packages that we leave behind. Sure. I, I'd be glad to help. And he's very actually relieved by this because now he has something to do. So it doesn't feel so overwhelming because he can just focus on that one thing. Okay. So I send Alex to finish the packaging that we're doing with that kid over where he is. So he doesn't have to go near where everyone else is. Awesome. All right. Anything the two of you want to do while you're here? Go to Bruce and I, while he is massaging Maxwell's head, <laughs> tell him that... <laughs> that Beth called and I kind of relay that conversation and say that, you know, we're going to be wrapping up soon and heading out. Bruce then grabs two big sponges and proceeds to give himself a bath and then says two thumbs up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're just going to clean up and let Drew and and Evan and, and I asked bad kid, I said, do you want to come with us or do you want Alex to bring you back to the clinic? No, he'll go with you. Okay. So we're finishing up and then I let kind of Drew like finish up and and leave behind the packages and things. 
Excellent. So let's take the camera and swing back up to Titan Armory. And Donovan, what is the situation up in the armory? What have you done while everybody else is doing their thing? Well, I think I will have laid out a bunch of candles all around in a circle around the two stone statue people. It's a very romantic mood. I was going to say, what's the music? (laughs) (laughs) The music is my chanting. As I sit crisscross applesauce in front of the two of them, and I just start rhythmically chanting, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) And I just keep this rhythm going as I begin to wave. I gesticulate my hands as I begin to move all the magical energies in the room around the statues and do all the hocus pocus. All right. Zeke, what are you doing while this is all going on? Zeke is doing a Google search for that 90s chant music that he can't think of and is trying desperately to try and remember so that he can play it in his mind. (laughs) The Gregorian chant to pop music? Yes, what was that? I don't remember what it's called. I, I remember from like college, I'm dating myself, but nevertheless, <laughs> I remember it from college. And that's what I'm picturing playing, but I can't think of the name of the group. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, they have like Madonna's Like a Virgin, and they had Smells Like Teen Spirit, but it's all Gregorian chant. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm imagining is playing in the background. That's I, I was imagining Kenny G, but that's just me. <laughs> I would prefer that it was Kenny G just because. <laughs> well, Zeke is standing at the ready to assist Donovan should something go awry, preparing the Red Panda transformation in case some extra muscle is necessary. Okay, very good. Let's see. Can I have Donovan roll a use magic? Okay. Okay. I'm going to roll use magic. Let's see. That's just plus weird. Uh, Ooh, I got a six and a four on the two dice I rolled. And plus (laughs) three is 13. Nice. Nice. Excellent. All right. So the chanting goes on and... All of a sudden, Zeke, who's standing in this barn area that you guys have set up in, notices that all the candles start kind of really dimming and flickering, and there's kind of an eerie breeze that's filling the room, and there's like an electricity in the air, and he can see suddenly the two statues from their highest point for the one statue that's standing up, it starts at the top of their head. For the truck driver one, who's kind of slumped over, it starts at his shoulder. But it's almost like they go from being in black and white to color. And the stoniness of them seems to just kind of melt down. And when it reaches their feet, or for the truck driver who's turned over, when it reaches his other shoulder, they kind of both collapse onto the floor. And they seem to be out, like unconscious. Hmm. These poor guys. This all must have been very hard on them. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of What Is Not. I feel like it's been forever. Between the change in seasons on Cautious Optimism and the fifth Tuesday in November, it's been a while since we've gone monster hunting. But we're excited to get back into it. 
Not a whole lot of information for you this week, just the regular info on where to find everyone. If you want to hear more from the rest of our cast, you can catch Katie on Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, and Disney Forever. And you can also listen to Todd on his podcasts, Nerdbird Review and Farming Simulated. And of course, you can always listen to me on my podcast, Geektitude. And if you have a question for any of us, there are quite a few ways you can get a hold of us with your questions and comments. You can follow us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP. You can follow us on Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll. If you want to chat with us in real time, go check out our Slack channel over on the geek to geek Media Network Slack, which you can find by going to the Contact Us tab on the network website at geek2geekmedia.com. While you're there, you can also check out the geek to geek Media Discord server. And finally, you can always email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com or leave us a voice message by clicking on the link on our website at asthedicerollcast.com. And with the holiday approaching, make sure to check out our merch store on the geek to geek Media website. You can get the OSHA Van t-shirt from What Is Not and the, the GM's Incompetence Does Not Equal Player Success t-shirt from Cautious Optimism. That's it for me this week. I'll be back this Friday, December 17th, with our next episode of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's see what our petrified friends have to say for themselves after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community all dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. I think Donovan at this point is kind of in a haze, you know, exhausted from his magic channeling, so he's just going to lay down and try to recover. So Zeke will go over to these two fellows, and is the one still standing, like he's conscious, or they've both just crumpled to the ground? Kind they've of. both just crumpled to the ground. Okay. So he's going to go over and check, see if these are, you know, corpses that he's dealing with now, human corpses, or do they have vital signs? Are they just sleeping and exhausted? Are they maybe medically in danger? He's going to I guess he's going to investigate their health status. They are from the little (laughs) first aid training you have had. You can see that they seem to be breathing. They seem to be alive. They're just kind of out, basically sleeping. They don't seem to be even unconscious. They just seem to be out. So yeah, that's how they are. So perhaps Zeke is going to try and rouse them. Do you try and rouse one over the other? Um, so we have the guy that was driving the truck, and I'm blanking on the other one. The Asian man who was in kind of a standing, coiling back position. So we don't know who he is or what his story is? No. So the one we know was driving the truck. So I'm going to go to the truck guy, because at least we have a sense of maybe his role, so I know some things I could ask him. So I'm going to try and rouse him first. Okay, he startles, and he goes, get out of the way! Look out! And then he realizes that he's where he is, and he's completely disoriented. What ha- What happened? Where? 
Where where am I? So Zeke asks him, well, where do you think you are? I have no idea. One, one second I was in the the cab of my truck, and and then and then this this person jutted out in front of me, and and those eyes, those 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 eyes, and he just kind of is trying to like figure out what he's he he doesn't know what he doesn't know where he is. He's he's very very confused and discombobulated. So Zeke tries to reassure him. You know, you're safe now. You're not in danger. So you can. Try and relax just a little bit, but can you try and describe to me what this person is that you saw, or this thing that was in front of you with these eyes? I was, I was just, uh, I was, I was delivering, was delivering a, a, a shipment to to the to the lab, and uh, and this this person, this it looked like a girl came came flying across the highway, and and I slammed on my brakes, but but when I saw her, her face, her. She, she had these eyes that they, they were terrifying. Hmm. Okay. I have several questions for you. Well, so setting aside this terrifying girl for a moment, what was the shipment that you were delivering and where were you delivering it to? He kind of looks at you suspiciously and he's like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything. I just, I just drive the truck, man. I just drive the truck. So Zeke kind of reaches into his pocket and pulls out his CryptoCore employee ID and says, you know, it's okay, dude. I'm one of the executives of CryptoCore. We're just kind of trying to follow up on things. So, you know, it's okay to, to give me a little bit of information on what you were doing. Uh, I, I was just driving my truck, man. I, 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 know, I know how it goes. I, I, I don't ask questions. I get my paycheck. Whatever you guys decide you want in the back of the truck is your business. I... I want nothing to do with whatever's back there. Okay, so you were making a delivery for CryptoCore, though. Well, well, yeah, of course. Like, why? Why else would you be talking to me? Like, who? Who exactly are you? I'm just trying to get all the facts, figure everything out. I just want to make sure you seem a little shaken up. So, I just want to confirm that it's what I think it is. Okay, so yeah, I don't know what else to ask. Is anybody else showing up? Yeah, I think you guys could probably start kind of making your way in. We're not particularly good at interrogating people. I've come to the conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that was pretty good. We either terrify them or um, I don't even know, make them just question their entire life choices, which is probably not how we should be interrogating people. (laughs) What has gone a lot better than the Thomas family. Let's let's. You know, at least call a spade a spade. It's gone a lot better than that went. That poor family will never be the same again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lot, lots of improvement. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I walk in, and there's an unconscious man, and Zeke's questioning the truck driver, and and then I run over to Donovan and I ask if he's okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm okay. I'm just exhausted. It took a lot out of me. How are the uh, How are the people? You did it. I mean, hooray! I guess Zeke. What's what? Do we, what have we found out? Well, so far we haven't really found out a whole lot of anything, other than this guy was transporting something that he doesn't know or doesn't want to say to Cryptocore. But we do know that it seems as though right before he was turned to stone, he saw uh, what he describes as a girl with with terrifying eyes. I don't know if we can get him to. Um, Give us a better description than that. Donovan, do you have enough left in you so that we can see what he saw? Well, I can certainly try. So I'll uh, get up, get to my feet, and I'll walk over to him and I'll say, Hi, I'm Donovan. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, hey, uh, my name's Gary. Hi, Gary. 
I'm going to just use a little um, technique that will help you remember what, what you saw. How does that sound to you? Uh, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. Fine. Okay. Now, hold on to your butt. <laughs> and I'm going to use magic. Wait, did he really say that? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's part of the incantation. <laughs> hold on to your butt. He is firmly hanging on to his butt. <laughs> it's just an expression. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> nine total. And I am trying to jog his memory. And I would also like to see what his memory is, if that's possible, doable. Okay. You do have a glitch. So we'll do that in a second. But you cast a similar spell when you were investigating the crash where the Jersey Devil got free. Oh, yeah. And so now you're seeing it definitely from his perspective. And he's driving along. There's country music playing on the radio. And all of a sudden in the headlights, he sees this person jet across the highway. He slams on his brakes to try and avoid hitting her. And she looks at him in like kind of like full on deer in headlights look and the last thing he remembers and you see are these reptilian looking eyes. And I would say, let's see, this is where the glitch is going to come in. You get this feeling of intense cold and you <gasps> no. are taking one harm. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> I took a farm. He's going to get past like, no, this was a terrible idea. He's going to get petrified. Okay. And then that's the end of the, what I see through his memory. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing you see. Did we all see it? And we could, could we see her face? Yeah. I think the way I phrased it, I was seeing his memory and helping him remember. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Donovan is projecting it onto a wall or anything. Yeah. I should have done that. I should have. No, he did that with the first spell. So it wasn't like at the crash. Yeah. I should have made it so everybody could see it. I forgot that I had done that before. Well, he forgot to bring his overhead projector with him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as I kind of stumble back from experiencing that memory, I'll say to everybody, okay, uh, he he really did tell you pretty much everything he remembers, but the woman who ran out in front of the truck, her eyes were like a like lizard lizard eyes, and and I got real cold when she looked into me. Hey, uh, did you feel cold when she looked at you? Did you get the chills? He tries to kind of remember, and he's like, I, I, I think, but I, I, I don't know, man. It happened so fast, and, and then the next thing I know, I'm here with you people in this, like, what? where is this? A barn? Like, where, where am I? You're in a top-secret facility. Don't you worry none about that. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> he hears that, and he's like, look, look, I, I didn't look in the back. I have no idea what's back there. So, like, You're I, fine. Like- you're fine. You're fine. You're good. We're, you're not in trouble. Poor dude, street panicking. Yeah, no, he is. He's like, I know, I know what, I know what you people do. I, I know, I know. I, well, I don't know what you do, but I know that, like, I'm not going to do anything. So don't do anything to me. Well, which is it, sir? Bruce offers him his pink glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he feels strangely calm. <laughs> <laughs> Susan's trying to put two and two together. She would remember this, but as I, I'm having trouble remembering, 
Elvis said, and I actually turned to Elvis, you caused an explosion to help that girl Daisy escape. When did that happen in relation to what happened to the truck driver? Are we able to piece that together? He told you guys when you guys were talking about that before and he first mentioned the cheerleader that they had set off an explosion and that it was to help them all get out. But their first primary concern was getting her out because, you know, she wasn't really part of it. They didn't see her that well. She just they they knew she was there. They never got a really good look at her. And so they set off the explosion that you guys are equating with the explosion at CryptoCore because that's where it was. Okay, and when did the truck driver, when did he have his accident in relation to that explosion? Maybe five minutes or ten minutes after, somewhere in between five and ten minutes after the first initial explosion. There was a second kind of smaller explosion when the truck tipped over and the Jersey Devil exploded through the side of the car. So have we asked this truck driver, or could we ask this truck driver if he remembers what this girl was wearing? Like, is she wearing a cheerleader's outfit, or is she more, like, dressed for the prom? Are those the only two options? Are those the only options? (laughs) (laughs) Like, blue jeans is not a choice. (laughs) Can we pull up a picture of Daisy? I have a picture of Daisy. Hold on. Something that we might have accessed. Yeah, I'll answer the question that he just remembers it being blue and white. Totally a cheerleader outfit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, cheerleader. Save the cheerleader, save the world. <laughs> totally, totally cheerleader outfit. So I'm going to go to Susan and say, did you know the cheerleader? Well, I mean, I, I substitute at the, the high school occasionally. And so I remember Mason. I do remember Daisy. I just, I'd have to see a picture to be reminded. And I've been texting Mason and he hasn't responded yet. Do you remember her? anything weird about her eyes? Because the girl I saw through that guy's memory had weird lizardy eyes. I'm wondering if they if they did something to her. Did they transform her into if a gorgon? they captured her and transformed her into a gorgon. I don't know how that happens. In mythology, Athena was involved. And I'm like, is my best friend no part of this? <laughs> but no, I... Athena and you are besties. <laughs> yeah, my so what's a what's a gorgon? Is if I'm picturing her as a basilisk. Gorgon is like a Medusa. Um, oh, Medusa is the name of a person, but gorgon is the race. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. But you could be right too. It could be like maybe they mixed her DNA with basilisk DNA. So. Yes. Exactly. They could have used the basilisk to turn someone, and she had reptilian eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And the cold, you know, cold-blooded. Yeah. I think they did something to Daisy. Cheerleading doping scandal we're talking mm, about now. That, that could well be. <laughs> All right. I finally got the picture up in Discord. Oh, she's so precious. Blue and white. Oh, blue and white. Oh. Confirmed cheerleader. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. no. Okay. Well, look how she's squinting so you can't see her reptilian eyes. All right, calm down. <laughs> she's got a little bit of that blue and white war paint beneath the eyes, so already a little sus. War paint. Oh, no. Yep. That's the face of a killer. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Oh. 
Can we try to wake up the other guy now? And while the other guy's being soothed by Bruce. Sure, go for it. Who's going over? Well, Zeke is right there, right? Or are the two guys separate from one another? They're just kind of crumpled together? more. No, they're like right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah, so Zeke could just kind of turn and... I don't know, maybe smack the other guy and see if he can rouse him? Or- Jeez, <laughs> what is with this group of people? <laughs> so you give a gentle nudge to this individual, and he startles awake, and the first thing he says is, don't put that back! You didn't pay for that! And then he looks around, and he's like, "What? where am I? So Zeke's going to ask the same question that he did uh, to, what did, did we get the name of the trucker? Gary. Gary. Same question he asked for Gary. He's like, well, where do you think you are? Well, he looks around and he realizes that he goes, well, I, I was just in my convenience store and I don't see, wh- where am I? You're safe. You're in a highly secure location slash barn, <laughs> which I'm still questioning why there's a, a barn at the shooting range, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> Storage, obviously. Obviously. Now, we said in the last thing that she was converting it into like a paintball. Uh, yes, yes so, that's, yeah. that makes much more sense. So, okay, you know, you're fine, you're safe. We're here to uh, to protect and to help you. Can you tell us what you were doing at your convenience store right before now? Uh, he says, "Yeah, I, I was I was helping customers, and there was this this teenage girl in my in my store, and I I was kind of suspicious of her because you know them kids are always stealing stuff from my store. Kids are the worst." Mm. <laughs> oh my Especially yeah. those those klepto cheerleaders. Yeah. Well, she grabs some chips and some drinks from the fridge, and then on her way towards the door, she grabbed some sunglasses. And I told her to stop. And when I looked at her, she and then he kind of like looks in terror, and he's like, "Her eyes are terrifying. Like, what what was wrong with her?" All right. So now we have to be scared of Daisy, but as long as she's wearing the sunglasses. <laughs> By the way. um Remember when I got that luck and it said, when you spend the luck, you'll discover something happening now that is related to something you were involved in years ago. I think the two questions that I asked were more related to the trawling my dark past. Yes. Is there anything from the luck move that's come about? You remember something about your father investigating something about lizards or reptiles of some sort shortly before he died. Okay, so we definitely have to go talk to Flawless because she seems to to know something about what's going on. If we can find out what happened to the girl and how she's able to petrify people, maybe we can find out how to reverse it or stop her and protect ourselves. Next time on What Is Not... We have a key to hide and a drag queen to visit and a missing cheerleader who could turn any of us into stone at any moment. When I saw you all walk in here, I knew you were working on something big, but I didn't realize it was this big. Mildred knows that exists and is trying to get in there. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. 
You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at Geek2GeekMedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. 